Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, aphorism for July 26. To be truly creative, work with an attitude of bliss. God's motive in creating the universe was not only, as the Indian scriptures declare, to enjoy himself through many, it is also his very bliss nature to be self-expansive. Despite the widespread suffering on earth, the end of every soul's long, winding, sometimes harrowing journey is perfect bliss, a bliss, as Yogananda put it, beyond imagination of expectancy. Well, I think that we could take aphorism living wisely, living well for July 26, and just spend the rest of our lives trying to sort this one out, and that would probably keep us really busy, wouldn't it? I think Swamiji says more in fewer words. He's just extraordinary in, in the implications. Um, it, it, what I felt about Swamiji is he walks across the top of the mountain, and he, as he walks across, he implies everything that it took to get to the top of the mountain, and then he just takes us on that journey there. To be truly creative, work with an attitude of bliss. Okay. Swamiji had often said that among the uh, the reasons why he incarnated uh, was, to, was to show the possibility of a different kind of creativity. And Swamiji himself was, was uh, how do I say, he was stunningly prolific as a creative artist, writing music, writing books, and on and on and on, just beyond imagination of expectancy, to quote Master there. But Swamiji said the new kind of creativity he was trying to explain was that we become a channel for what is already there. And it's not like we're creating it out of our ego self with strain. We're simply tuning in to what is already there, opening the channel, and allowing that to flow through us. Now, uh, there, there's a wonderful book that's called Conversations with Great Composers um, by a man named George Abel. And he talked to or, or to directly to many great composers like Brahms, and, uh, and, or he talked to people who knew them well. And everyone, without exception, talked about the fact that they did not write the music that they composed. They received it. They simply heard it because they attuned themselves with the vibration where that music already existed. And once we're on that vibration, that, that creative energy just flooded their minds. Now, anyone who, who ser- sincerely gets into an elevated creative flow, y- you have. You just have this experience of not being the doer. It becomes really impersonal. It's just, it, it happens. You have to put all your concentration and your work into it. You, you can't quit and you can't let down your energy for a moment, but it's coming through you. Um, there, there's a 
a great piece of literature called The Color Purple, which was turned into a very powerful movie. I don't know whether I would call it great in the sense that who knows if, if in a hundred years or two hundred years it will still speak the way it speaks because it's a, it's a timely piece of literature also in uh, the sense that it's about race relations in the South, very timely for the present. It was written by a, w- a well-known author named Alice Walker. It's superb writing and it's an excellent piece of art. She, it's, it's fiction though. It's not history in any way. It's not memoir. She, she describes this, that she was living in New York City and these characters kept trying to tell her their story. And finally they said, it's too noisy in New York City. We can't be heard. And so she felt that and she moved to a rural area where there was a great deal of quiet and not so much mental confusion as there was in the city. And then they could tell her the story. And so she wrote their story, you know, of these characters um, as, as the muse, as the creative force wanted to give us. Now, when we're talking about really channeling creative energy from the highest possible sources that is in us, and this, of course, is another theme of Swami Kriyananda's. He's written a book called um, The Artist as a Channel, or Art as a Hidden Message. It went through literally seven, seven, and count them, seven iterations from the time he was 18 years old when he first thought about the book and all these different titles. But the title was The Vibration of the Consciousness of the Artist Determines the Greatness of the Art. And so, and the artist, the creative person is transformed by the purity of the vibration that comes through them, through that person. Whatever the medium, it doesn't matter what the medium is. So if we wish to be a channel and to be transformed in the highest level, we need to attune ourselves um, to the vibration, uh, uh, the highest vibration that we can imagine. And Swamiji writes now that the vibration of the spirit is bliss. So if we're trying to attune ourselves to a divine vibration and we're doing it with a sense of agonizing effort and self-defeat, the vibrations are not going to match. So it's the attitude, the the consciousness that we bring helps determine what we attune to. If If we live in a state of anguish and depression and always worrying about how everything in this world is going to end so badly, I mean, I'm sort of curling up in this way. Swami often commented about Rodin's statue of the thinker. Swami said he, he looked, Swami said, you know, bent over like this, crouched over as opposed to having an upward straight spine. Swami said it always looked like a man with a stomach ache more to him than a man who was having great inspiration just because the energy of it was tense and downward looking. But of course, maybe he was thinking about tense and downward looking things. And then of course, the art that you create like that, that's what you'll be in tune with. But the creativity that we really want is where the artist is a channel. And the art that we bring in, you know, is like Handel's Messiah or Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, which I believe are both written about in that book, where just the power of it to, to change people's consciousness is just never ending. Because that's, that's the state they were in when they received it. So there's a certain, uh, people consider it mysterious how creativity comes. 
Swamiji just sort of poo-pooed that. He said, you just put your attention at the spiritual eye, you attune yourself with the vibration of what you're trying to create, and it just comes through you just like that. Um, I understand that that's true, and on occasion, more than one, I have felt myself in a creative flow that I knew was not my own, and I'm deeply grateful for that, but I have to work at it. To be creative, I have to work with an attitude of bliss. An attitude of bliss also implies an attitude of faith, an attitude in the deep belief. And this is where Swami says, you know, the nature, um, God's motive in creating the universe was not only, was to enjoy himself through many, and it is his very bliss nature to be self-expansive, meaning that he can expand and create through all of us. When people ask the classic question, you know, why did God create the world? Because even though the Indian scriptures say he, he wanted to enjoy himself through many, it, uh, any kind of observation of the world tells you he's not, enjoying, he's not enjoying himself through very many. And Swami writes here, you know, people, sometimes people's journey is, I mean, harrowing what people have to go through. But Swami explained it as best it can be explained, because to understand God's consciousness, why God did something, you have to have the same consciousness he did. But Swami put it in a very fun way. He said, it's the nature of joy to want to share itself. And if Satchitanandam, ever-existing, ever-conscious, ever-new bliss, is the nature of the infinite, it's, it's the nature of the infinite to want to share itself. And Swami, in his way, whenever he would offer us a very high teaching, he would always bring it down to a level where it was accessible to us. So we didn't have to just take it as a dogma. And in this case, he said, just think about it. He said, when you, go, when you discover a really good restaurant that your friends don't know about, what's the first thing you do? You try to let everyone know. When you see a movie that you've really enjoyed, what do you do? You want to tell other people to go see it. I mean, on the tiny level of a nice bowl of soup or an entertaining hour and a half, our human impulse is to share it because the joy is bigger. Oh, you loved it as much as I did. I'm so happy that you enjoyed it. I thought you would really like it. I mean, that's what we do. So it, as above, so below, and as below, so above. So that's what the divine is doing. It's always looking to share its joy. So when we sit down to create, to be the instrument of even further expansion, the divine needs instruments. God works through conscious beings who attune themselves. And so if in our desire to be creative, we come into it with an attitude of joy so that we can add to this world, you know, not more dark misery and suffering, but something that will help, you know, that will help uplift others, that we become responsible for the kind of consciousness we put out into this world. Swamiji said he had an aspiration to be a writer when he was in his early 20s, before he met Master. And he, he had the natural ability, clearly manifested by his life since then, to be able to write. And he was encouraged by people who evaluated his talent and felt it was not a, an empty ambition. But Swami discovered he had nothing he felt worthwhile to share. He had no wisdom. He had an understanding of the potential, but he, he, didn't, he didn't know enough. And he just simply gave up writing. As he said, I didn't want to flood the world with my ignorance. 
And then, of course, he met Master. He went on a search for truth so that he would have something to share. So the creativity that Swamiji is encouraging in us is the bliss-inspired creativity. Because, as Swami also says in the same aphorism, no matter how harrowing it is step by step, every soul's journey ends in self-realization, in, in a, a bliss that is, I love Master's words, enjoyable beyond imagination of expectancy. Isn't that, isn't that just like wonderful wordsmithing? It's just as a person who tries to put words together, when you see a masterpiece, you just can't help but just love it. Enjoyable, enjoyable beyond imagination of expectancy. That's the end of this journey. I often joke, wherever you are in life, whatever's happening, if it isn't the happy ending, it isn't the ending. Because the ending of all our journeys, of course, this requires reincarnation, because many lives do not work out the way that a happy ending would look as far as we're concerned. Because sometimes the journey is harrowing. But our way of contributing, and even more powerfully, our way of moving ourselves toward that bliss beyond imagination of expectancy is to creatively be an instrument of that bliss, to enter into the possibility with an attitude of bliss, be inspired by that bliss, and be a channel for that bliss. Now, don't misunderstand me. You can tell a movingly tragic story and still have that undercurrent of divine understanding, that faith in God. So I'm not talking about never using the crayon black. I'm talking about a deep, abiding understanding of the meaning and purpose in life and the inevitable ending in joy. To be truly creative, work with an attitude of bliss. God's motive in creating the universe was not only, as the Indian scriptures declare, to enjoy himself through many, it is also his very bliss nature to be self-expansive. Despite the widespread suffering on earth, the end of every soul's long, winding, sometimes harrowing journey is perfect bliss. A bliss, as Yogananda put it, beyond imagination of expectancy. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.